My sister worked for the mail service here in Ottawa once and they hand you out pepper spray for dogs because like you go and you're shoving stuff in the mail slot and yeah, it triggers There's one on reactive a porch dogs. And... <laughs> yeah. 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 On a porch too, you come onto the property. Maybe they're trained to guard the property. Maybe dogs naturally guard the property and it's not recognized by the owners and they never did anything about it. And now you have a dog that's mauling somebody. Ugh. Awkward. Awkward. And expensive. <laughs> Ouchies. Yowzes. <laughs> <laughs> Heidi, is it time to boop some snoots? You bet it's time to boop snoots. Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, everybody. What are we going to talk about today? What are we going to talk about today? I'll tell you what we're going to talk about today. Tell me. Um, I'm going to talk about some of the Q&A periods that some of our favorite uh, dog trainers do out there. I tuned in on just a few of them um, over the week. And uh, I have to say, it is a good time listening to these Q&As. I'm almost a little bit jaloux. I wish I was like a pro in the field and could run my own Q&A. A lot of good stuff to be had on the Q&A. What you got? Boop snoot Q&A. Yeah, we should. <laughs> what would people ask us? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to talk about pandemic puppies. Oh, yes. So everybody who's gotten a puppy or... Uh, rescued a dog during the pandemic, um, how to handle that because socialization can be an issue and then always being home, like if you're working from home and you just got this new puppy or this new dog, the issues that you might encounter in the future once you go back to work. So that's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Who got a pandemic puppy? Well, I'm you're getting about. a pandemic I puppy. Gonna, I was going to say you're about to. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I can't wait to get my pandemic puppy. I'm very excited about getting my pandemic puppy. Your papa. I can't remember if we told that story or not. I think we did. Where I got when I used to get really excited about when I was getting Gibbs, and I used to yell, "Papa, papa, 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 papa!" Yes. And then everybody at work would give you yes. The, yep. Shush give me the hairy eyeball. Eye. Yep. They were like, enough of your pulping excitement, but it's, it's, I'm it's, happy you understand. I think it's, it's the closest thing to feeling like a kid at Christmas again. Yes. Yeah. Cause you're so excited and you're like, what's he going to be like? How soft is he going to be? I can't wait to touch the ears. Oh my God. The oh, they're ears. so soft and a little I waggly know. tail. They're like, it's like duck fur when they're like little puppies. It's like, they're oh. like so soft. They're so snuggly because they're babies. And when they're like all awkward and not coordinated, like when they walk and oh, oh I so love it. cute. Oh, I can't wait. You're going to have to like hire a videographer to film every moment of your puppy's life. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably will. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And as you should. He might right. have his own channel. <laughs> I almost um, said his name. Yep. Still haven't said his name yet. So that's pretty good. That, yep. That's going to be a big reveal. You're going to have to I tune got, in. I ordered two dog tags for him. One with his name and then one with call my mom. Oh, yes. And then there's like phone number and microchipped and the address on the other side. So I got one of them today. 
that's awesome. Yeah. Just feels like I'm getting closer. Okay, enough. Enough about yeah. Pope, Pope, Pope. <laughs> Pope. <laughs> so there's one major pro about getting a puppy during the pandemic is that you get a lot more time with your puppy for training, for bonding. So yeah, so you get a lot of time for that. However, because you have so much time for that, you forget about what it would be like for the puppy or for the dog if you were actually going to work. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are not crate training and that's creating a lot of issues um, when they do have to leave the house. And the puppies are overstimulated and overtired and it kind of builds that like tolerance, right, for the puppy. So I guess it's kind of like humans, like people that are extremely active, I feel like just have more energy. Mm -hmm. And like the more you spend, the yep. more you have. It's like stamina. So, and enjoy. Yeah, so those yeah. dogs are just used to always being stimulated and it's like this is how it is. Like we're always playing, there's always something to do. And then when it's time for some downtime, they're like, "Well, well what's going on?" <laughs> well, and and that's the thing, Play right? with so, me and then they, you know, exactly. pot you and I I would say that they're very routine-based animals. So you get into a routine and you need so you need to think about how your routine may be changing in the future and prepare for that now while they are a bomb bang <laughs> or even if you got a rescue uh, what you are doing with you and the relationship with your dog knowing that down the road your the whole routine is going to change again right so yes think about those things peeps <laughs> um it's good for me and for my boyfriend because we're healthcare workers so nothing has changed yep we're going to work every day Mm -hmm. uh, so if you are working from home and you have a puppy, you just got a dog, I would suggest to still crate train the dog. So either during meetings or while you're working, put the puppy in the crate for two, three, even four hours, let him out for lunch breaks. It's like a, it's like a puppy break from work. So that's mm -hmm. probably the best kind of break. <laughs> um, and you want to teach your puppy what to do when you're doing normal human stuff. So if you're not going to put your dog in a crate while you're on your Zoom meeting, uh, well, teach him what he's supposed to be doing while you're sitting at the computer. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 And I think socialization, I guess, like for me also, I've been thinking, how am I going to socialize my puppy once I get him so that when life goes back to normal, uh, he's a normal dog like he's not afraid like he plays well with other dogs and not afraid of humans and he's super approachable it is a little bit of a worry but there's a lot of stuff that you can do at home to socialize your dog so socializing is not necessarily like with other dogs and with people but it's also exposing your dog to different situations uh, environment different sounds so you can still pretty much like go to the local park while it's empty Mm -hmm. Not dog park, but like local park with structures for kids um, and make him go on the structures so he can, you know, feel different terrains and, exactly. and different like textures on his little paws. You can sit outside with your dog in your yard and watch people go by, watch cars go by. Um, I know like I have a couple of schools closed, so there's uh, school buses that go by whenever kids go back to school 
Can you hear? Can you hear the bells ringing? Do the bells still ring for like recess and stuff like that? Oh, I don't know. Do you I'm ever hear work. it from your house? Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that's true, eh? <laughs> <laughs> when I get a day off, I'll, <laughs> I'll yes. have a listen. Um, and you can like grocery stores are still open, so you can go like just stand in the parking lot of a grocery store, and this is the best time because. You're socially distancing, right? So nobody's going to approach you. Like not a million people are going to approach you like, oh, can I pet your puppy? He's so cute. They, they might. It's, it's always hard to say don't, no, right? I was going to say, and don't un- underestimate the powers of a cute puppy because even in a pandemic, <laughs> I bet you you're going to get some takers on a cute little yeah. golden And even pups. when you say no, they're still going to go for it. <laughs> yep. It's going to be that cute. Yep. Um, and you can make sounds at home. So vacuum you can move furniture around you can play soundtracks um, of like lightning and fireworks and trains and you can take them in the car take them for a drive yeah yeah take them for a car if you have like stuff in your garage like skateboards yes um lawnmower like just make it roll around uh, for them to get used to it um and even in like your living room you can make like your puppy walk on top of like a cookie sheet or a tarp, blanket, pillow, just so that he can feel like different like textures on his feet. What else? And you can test your dog's like baseline reactivity. So put something random like in the middle, middle of a room and see, see how, how your dog reacts to it. Like put a garbage can. Yeah. See if he's like freaked out or if he goes and sniffs or he's just like, like Wiggum would have been like, meh. (laughs) whatever and 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 even like the socialization is not only just exposing them to it but if you've started some of your training see if they can um respond to your commands that you're working with them with with those distractions around as well yeah you know what I mean so just when you're talking about the socialization thing I know we've talked about it on uh previous episodes you're right it's not just exposing them to other dogs which is a common misconception with the term socialization when speaking about doggies, but um, it's about bobbies and (laughs) uh, it's about exposing, like you said, it's a lot of environmental things as well. So uh, I think I mentioned this on one of our earlier training episodes, but when I had Gibbs as a puppy, uh, we are lucky enough to live across the street from the park. And we were also lucky enough to not be in a pandemic at the time, but um, I had a couple of weeks off from work, which was perfect to do the work, the starting um, training and stuff like that, that I needed to do with him. And um, I would take him. So we just built a routine every day. So it would be like, you know, wake up, go pee, like all that stuff. But the socialization part of it was going across the street to the park. So what I would do is I would, there was a big tree that they cut down. So there's this massive tree stump. So I would try to um, coach them along with the leash to jump on the tree stump, like even little obstacles like that, when they're like little, you get them, you go up, 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 like, come on, like you get them. And when they get up there, good boy, like good boy. Cause he's like trying something new, right? It's jumping on things, balance work, you know, if, yeah. if it's something, if, if agility is something you're thinking down the road, but even it's just, it's the same as us. It's like teaching them motor skills. So you might not think that they need help jumping up on something, but later on you want them to jump in a car or whatever. It's just giving them the basics that they need. It's like the same as training a toddler, how to walk up and down stairs. 
and to do it safely because there's all kinds of videos of puppies tumbling downstairs <laughs> I don't know if you've seen Aww. them but they're so cute it's so sad like you're like oh but like <laughs> it's like it like oh yeah, yeah. giggles but um and I would take them into the park and I would have them climb up the stairs and I would have them go down the slide because that's like an uncomfortable feeling but they're so trusting at like that young age that you guide them with the leash and they go down and then good boy good boy and yeah. same thing like walking through the sand walking through um, different types of terrain just gets them accustomed to um, different types of environments that you may not think of, but eventually that you'll be going in with them. And then if you find them being reactive or weird to it, it's like if you've expo exposed them to enough things and, and you have worked with them and trained them well, you have a trusting relationship, right? So it's like, oh no, like mom wants me to do this and she's not freaking out. And so, so I guess why it's wouldn't okay. I trust her? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sorry. and keep track. No, that's okay. You're like balancing work. You can even get one of those like cheap uh, like stepping stools and you can use that oh, in yes. the house. So get like their front paws on it. Yep. And while they have their front paws, you can kind of like make them spin. Mm -hmm. um, so that helps with their like, I guess their like core strength and balance strength and maybe try to get like only their back paws on it when they're probably a little bit older. And keep track, I think like a good indication that you're, you're like creating maybe like a needy dog, uh, keep track of how much your dog follows you in the house. Like it's normal that your dog follows you, but what do you think, Heidi? Do you think that's like a sign of like neediness? I think it depends. It depends on the relationship that you have with your dog. So it's fun. When I went to pick up Gibbon from the breeder, like we were standing there and Gibbon was like weaving in and out of my legs. And he said, so watch out. Cause he does this a lot. So don't fall. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, okay. And um, like Gibbon still follows, like Gibbon is rarely alone somewhere in the house. He's in one of the kids rooms. He's with one of us. Yeah. If, if we are gathered in a room, he is like 85%, like, well, even 90% of the time they're with us. Yeah. But then if you're, if you're getting like a dog and you're constantly at home and you're not creating the dog and you're constantly oh, like, stimulating the dog and then this dog like constantly follows you everywhere. Um, yes. You're, you're setting creating... yourself up. You're setting yourself up for separation yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Which is a big, 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 big issue and hard to deal with. And, once... uh, I'll actually be talking about this later because and it's another reason why I paired this with your topic for this episode, Vero, is talking about pandemic puppies. So I was tuning in on these Q&As because they're the most um, recent ones to hear the sort of questions that people are asking these dog trainers right now because a lot of it is to do with sor sort of the pandemic puppy issues, PPIs. <laughs> the PPIs. The PPIs, pandemic puppy issues. So... Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it, like in a nutshell, you really want to create that routine, um, like your normal non pandemic routine uh, with your new puppy, or from uh, the dog that you just adopted so that your dog, it's not like a big shock to them. Once you do return to work, mm -hmm. so you can even create your dog. And I know, like, there, there's pretty much like nowhere to go right now. But like, leave your dog alone. Uh, or in a separate room in the crate for a couple of hours. Yep. Take them out, put them back in. Yep. Um, and we do have an episode on crate training mm -hmm. um, that we 
we did maybe like five episodes ago. So we kind of discuss how to create train and our experience with it. So yeah, and you can do like different activities in the house. So just because you can't really go outside and socialize with dogs and humans does not mean that you cannot socialize your dog. Um, there's a ton of stuff to do indoors, even putting like stuff on the floor that it's not usually there or like broomsticks and make your dog jump over them. Um, just so that they're used to like seeing different things and having to do different things like jumping over stuff on your walks, make them walk over manholes. Oh, yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, Wiggum used to avoid them, I think. Yeah. I think like if he had to walk over one, like he didn't care. But if mm -hmm. he could, he would Dogs avoid it. are very weird with like um, different services like that where there's nothing underneath. And again, I think I mentioned this before, but at one of my friend's apartment buildings, when you walk in the stairwell, it's the type of the stairs that don't have a back to them. So it's all open oh, and like yeah. echoey and stuff like that. And anytime I take Gibbs over there, um, he, he would have a heart like, and she, she's a dog trainer and most dogs that she brought in, she's like, yeah, a lot of them have issues with the stairs here. But yeah, we have been just, like those either. Yeah. And it's just, you encourage them along and when they go, like, it's like, come on, come on, come on. And, you, and again, applying Yay. that leash pressure and, and then yay, reward with, um, you know, praise, food, whichever, whichever yeah. works for your dogs. And another important one, wear different things, like wear big hats, oh, sunglasses, yes. yeah. big coats. What else could a dog see and be afraid of? Dress like the mailman if we want to go on <laughs> stereotypes. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the mailman. My sister worked for the mail service here in Ottawa once and they hand you out pepper spray for dogs because like you go and you're shoving stuff in the mail slot and yeah, it triggers There's one on reactive a porch dogs. <laughs> yeah. 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 On a porch too. You come onto the property. Maybe they're trained to guard the property. Maybe dogs naturally guard the property and it's not recognized by the owners and they never did anything about it. And now you have a dog that's mauling somebody. Ugh. awkward awkward and expensive <laughs> ouchies yowzes <laughs> <laughs> then you need surgery and we're backlogged on surgery right now because of COVID oh it's a, like an endless spiral into <laughs> negativity so know your dog people yeah don't bite the the mailman or the nice amazon delivery person. <laughs> yes yes that's probably amazon like over well i guess he's kind of like in the same sort of wheelhouse as a mailman but yes dress like the amazon delivery guy <laughs> <laughs> um and that's pretty much it unless you have some suggestions 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 um yeah the only thing I would speak to in all the things that you mentioned, like, yes, you can get creative around your house, but let's say you're wanting to teach your dog how to jump on different services and stuff like that. Obviously, like if you don't want them on your couch, don't use your couch for training because now you're going to be sending your dog a mixed right. message. It's like, okay, wait a minute, like one second I'm allowed on the couch and the next I'm not. Like, so if you're going to take an item, like go out and buy a cheap Ikea table or whatever, if you want them to try jumping up on it or use a step ladder, like Vero mentioned, but like when, like not one that you use often for things or don't leave it by dangerous areas, obviously. Cause if he's like walking around after the fact, he's like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to jump on this. And then like <laughs> in a place where he's not Oops. supposed to. So just again, be 
conscious of what you're using, where you're using, and do you actually want your dog doing that because they're dogs and they're going to associate certain things with other things and that you might not be aware of to be very vague there. That was like things, you know, (laughs) things with with your dog, you know, you know what I'm talking about. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, I tuned into three separate Q and a sessions this week on uh, various platforms. The first one we uh, mentioned, I think on an episode not too long ago, and it is Doggett style training. Uh, It's Evan Doggett. Uh, he's on Facebook. Uh, he has like an online series right now. I think he's an East Coaster. He's a hilarious guy. Oh my God, he's funny. I watched this Q <laughs> and A. Like he's he. It was funny, but um, I've actually like I've tuned into um Jeff Geller's uh from Solid Canine Training uh Q and A's before, and and now like after talking more about dogs, after you know being in a good place with my dog listening in on these sessions is still super valuable. Like, Holy smokes. Like it was, you know, it's, I didn't feel like I was doing like research for our show. Like it was like interesting. Like I could, I feel like I could sit there and like, sort of like watch Q and a sessions, like, yeah. like binge. <laughs> I binge watch like dog training videos. I'm still binge watching Nate Schumer. Oh yeah. Yeah. I did. I, Watched all of his like uh, scent training series. Yeah, yeah. Does does he ever refer to any of the other big dog trainers that we mention? No, really, because a lot not of these ones talk about each other. Not Doggett style training as much. Like obviously, like there's like big. It's, it seems like there's a couple of like Jeff Geller's a big name in dog training. Yeah, you mm-hmm. know, like a lot of people know who he is. They make reference to him and stuff like that. So and he's like pairing up with like a lot of other companies too which is really good for him way to go and um watching these shows i'm noticing like a new um sort of trend like in dog training i feel like i might have a sneeze coming on here if i sneeze sorry folks good thing (laughs) we're online it's not the coves (laughs) i won't get the sneeze spray yeah um all right, so Doggett Style Training is the first one that I watched. So the cool thing about watching uh, these shows and this one that I watched with him is that they talk about a lot of different things and they got a lot of different questions um, and you just, you get a lot of extra resources and a lot of people ask questions that you're like, oh yeah, I want to know the answer to that. I wonder what his thoughts are on that. And again, you get the same, a lot of the same questions in all these different shows. And um, you might notice that it's something that you can relate to with your dog, or it might, it's worthwhile listening to anyways, to hear oh, how would they handle that? Because some things you can transfer into other areas where you're working with your dog. So um, in the do- uh, dog at style training Q and a that I tuned in on the first thing he talked about, and I think he made reference to, but I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think one of his doggies is really sick. He's got the cancer oh, because no. he made um, reference to watching a cancer series. And I forget which company he said, but I'm going to go back and rewatch it because I'd be curious to watch the cancer series for dogs. Like how to, yeah. how to reckon, because I bet you they talk a lot about pain and what to do for them and pain control and stuff like that. And um, so as he talked about this, uh, he made reference to this company called King Harvest CBD treats. So it's actually like a pot company where you can buy pot for humans 
but they also make animal treats, CBD treats. Ooh. Yeah. Very so, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So he showed like these things. He said it works great on his dog. So again, like it's something for you to try out if that's something that you need. If you have a dog with a terminal illness or that is having like pain for whatever. Chronic pain. Yep. Disease issues. The arthritis. <laughs> <laughs> and um he so yeah he made reference to that another thing uh like questions that were brought up that he sort of addressed um was he was talking about the covid dogs and that there's a lot of people having reactivity issues with their dogs they're super reactive someone comes to the door they bark like crazy they're you're out in public and another dog's across the street they bark like crazy and basically what he said uh, that it comes down to is can you control your dog and if you can't then you you go back to the basic training again like and and one thing that he mentioned, though, which I found interesting, and I never heard this before, is he talks about gut health in your dog. So I, it could be something to do with the food that they're ingesting yeah. and, and stuff like that. And he, um, he made reference to another two super really cool things. So this is one thing that people will find shocking. I found it shocking the first time that I heard it. So your dog can go without food for three days. You cannot feed them for three days. I heard that before, yeah. And it resets their gut. It resets the gut. And if you're doing it not even because you think they're having a health issue or like or or something like that's bothering them, it helps you with your training. So if you're going back to hand feeding their their food for the day, now now they're invested. Yeah, I'll listen to anything you say. Just give me the food. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it helps with the training. So he said, you know, leave them one to two. And now you got them more interested. If you're worried, it might be like a gut health thing. He made reference to this company and man, do they have a beautiful website and man, does it look like they have awesome products and man, are they affordable? And it's a man, share it. (laughs) (laughs) They are called the adored beast. Oh, yeah, you need to look up this website, man. Like it's beautiful packaging. Like these guys did a, whew, they did a good job. I will definitely be looking into some of their products. I was impressed, let me tell you. So um, again, you get like all these resources, like just listening in on one quick Q&A sessions. And uh, most of these people are doing like Q&A sessions like every week, sometimes multiple times a, a week. Yeah. He somebody made a reference to bumper training. Do you know what bumper training is? Do you bumper training? Yeah. No. It's sort is of Is it when you like bump? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> so boop, boop. um they use it in hunting a lot and it's sort of directional training. So you sort of have to get the drive training in. So you pick a, something like a bumper. So it's like, it can literally look like um, something the size of like a pool noodle. And let's say you play, so you tease them with it, you get them interested in, in it. And he gives you a little demo with his dogs in the room. He has his little like pit bully dog named Rush. And then um, I forget what the other one's name is, but anyways, he was like, want to work, want to work. And let, and the dog, immediately like gave him his attention and he kind of used some random object like that he had in his office to to show you what bumper training is and so it's cool because you get a quick little demo on these different things too and they talk about what some of these things are that you might not know about but so you get them uh invested in the toy you play with them for a little bit and then you throw it and then they they teach to go there but then what you start doing is like you put them in a sit stay and you put it to the side and then when you give your release 
thing. So like mine is okay with my dogs. So I'd put Gibbon in a sit stay. He wants more than ever to run and get this toy, this bumper. I throw it to my right. And then as I say, okay, I wave my hand to the right. So now okay. when I, I'm, I'm adding a hand <laughs> movement to it and I say, okay, and like, and, and you're direct. So they learn to watch your hand signals like, okay, go get it over there. Okay, go get over there. And now you can start pointing them in different directions was my understanding of it and his quick little description. So that was very interesting. He, one thing in these three different Q and A's that I watched was a lot of people were asking about e-callers and all three of them had very different approaches to the e-caller. Okay. Uh, actually I lied. One of them had a very (laughs) different (laughs) approach to the e-caller. Evan does not recommend online training with the e-caller he says it is very much a live interaction thing and he work. you have to be there one-on-one because it's like little nuances and little behaviors that you pick up in the dog and he talks about it being like an art of doing the e-caller training you need to really understand the the dog's signals and the behaviors that they're showing you there's a lot of um people talking about using things like prong collars and how, how do you get off of them so some people think that you use a tool to get you get them get your dog to a point where they behave so such as a prong collar and they think that you're using it to to a point where eventually and I, I was one of those people I didn't want my dogs to be pullers I used the prong collar to train them but if I put a flat collar on them they're going to pull every time I have to use the prong collar yeah and I, I think I, it's and very I, rare Yes, that you right? have a dog where you can train with the prong collar and then get and then to switch a point them back where you to can the... actually exactly not have to use it. So Evan was like, I think, a bit more graceful with his answer to that question to people. <laughs> Jeff was not. <laughs> he's like, he's like, not gonna happen. Like, <laughs> very matter of fact about it. Um, so yeah, and then he made reference to the uh, raw feeding again. He talked about this company called perfectly rawsome <laughs> i know excellent name for a company again really cool companies you get um yeah uh you pick up on and stuff like that so that was the sesh with doggett style training and i highly recommend evan's a hilarious guy to watch he's just funny he has long hair and a mustache and he just sits there flipping his hair around and it's just so funny he i just think it's funny, funny. i he's watched funny. a couple of his videos yeah Bonjour. He's like (laughs) sitting on the toilet (laughs) with his dog in the bathroom. That is so funny. I think it was just like, you think that you can't train a dog if you don't have a lot of space. So he was Mm -hmm. showing how to train a dog like in the washroom. (laughs) (laughs) That is so funny. (laughs) It's true. There's people cooped up in like apartments and stuff, right? Yeah. They can um, still do it. Yowls. Um, so the next one I watched was, uh, Jeff Geller and his wife, Joelle on, uh, what would Jeff do? He, he does these several times a week. You can pay money to be a top fan, like question. So like your question goes right to the top. So he answers it right away. You can get that on his website, solid canine training. Here's what I'll say about Jeff Gelman. I I've had nothing but great things to say about him. We talked about him on one of our previous shows. Uh, You go to his website, you go to his seminars where he's teaching and Mm -hmm. super engaging, like Ted talk style guy. I've said this before. Okay. 
watch a what would Jeff do Q&A session and he's like <laughs> Don Cherry on hockey night in Canada. He's fired up, he's passionate. Yeah. And because he has so many followers and stuff like that, he's just quick firing through the questions. He's like, "Yeah, stop doing that. Next." Yeah, sorry buddy. Like you're going to need to start like he's just like quick bam 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 shooting through through the things. So you sort of have to have a bit of a background and I'm assuming that the people who are logging on to ask him these questions have already tried different things and know his terminology. So Vero and I talk about balance training, which he is very much a balance trainer. People when when you give a dog an uncomfortable like a consequence for their actions, call consequence whatever you want call it like uncomfortable feeling or call it whatever. Jeff calls it punisher. Apply a punisher, apply a punisher. <laughs> you need to go back <laughs> to the punisher. And like he, so he calls it a punisher, which it is. And there's no like, but anyways, when you watch him on these Q and a se sessions, he's very, it's a very different side of him that you see. It is. Yeah. I find it entertaining to watch because it's like, there's no, there's no bullshit. He's going to, he's going to calls yeah. it as he sees it. And, um, <laughs> it's pretty hilarious to watch. Um, at least you get an honest answer to your question. So, <laughs> and, and then at one point in this one Q and a, like I, I forget why or who did it. And it's so funny because his wife knows him obviously really well. So whenever like somebody says something that she knows is going to trigger him, she's like, Oh, 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 she's like, Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it's That's pretty funny. funny to watch. Um, but so he railed on because like, I guess there's this new terminology in the dog world. So same thing, just like I said, there's many different ways to talk about a consequence for a dog, call it punisher, call it like whatever you want. It still is what it is. We call the purely positive training people purely positive. But I guess since there's this whole, you know, back and forth between the balanced and the purely positive approach, um, now they're starting to call it companionship training and he's like are you like kidding me he's like call it whatever you want like he's like it's so ridiculous they have to come up with a new word for it like is this a joke like uh? like he was just like going nuts on it he's like anyways it's still so, the same thing no matter what you call it, it exactly um there was this one question that uh a woman asked and she said my dog does everything i ask of him inside the house the second we step outside, um, he doesn't listen to a word I say. What do I do? He, <laughs> this part was so funny. He was like, uh, and again, this talks to socialization. And this is what we talk about distracted, like training. This is why, what I was mentioning earlier. Like once you got them doing everything that you want inside and like with no distractions at all, like it's just you and the dog. Now you need to up your game a bit and start putting distractions. You mentioned like putting a broomstick in the room, dressing in a big friggin' hat and mm -hmm. doing the training. However, or go on you your to porch do it. and do so, it. And in this instance, he's like, okay. He's like, so he's like, he, you, like air is more important to your dog than you. He's like, take that to your therapist. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it can be as like, it can be a squirrel. It can be a person walking by. It can be a car like pulling into the laneway. He's like, in your case, air is more important to you. It can be as simple as a change in like the air. He's like, so he's like, you, you start at the front door. So, yeah. and, and you bring your punisher, whether it be the bonker, e-collar, whatever tool that you're using, and you start at the front door. So you you get them 
sit stay or whatever you crack the door open and see if he still listens to you and you start from there and work your way out work down the driveway work down whatever and the thing that jeff repeatedly says in his videos is that he's got 20 videos to show you proof of how it works or how to do it and he's right he does google any of it yeah um he made reference to like a driveway exercise or something like that and i didn't like go and search it up but a lot of people said like yeah it was great and like blah blah blah. so i don't know if that's again just starting with the simple distraction of just being outside your house Uh, i'm not sure i don't i didn't watch the video i don't know but again just uh, having like people walking by and different noises yeah um the another point that that i found interesting from a series two is that he was talking about and like it's it's funny and i don't know how i feel about this and again like each dog is an individual but remember when we did our episode on the different types of collars that are out there yeah and remember how i said um that I tried the gentle leader with Becky and she would not tolerate it. Like she would roll yeah. on the grass and do somersaults and whatever. <laughs> yes. So he um, did a little rant because somebody was saying like, I just, I'm not having any luck with this collar. I forget which collar they were talking about. And he was saying sometimes he's like, and again, you have to know your dog. And like, if you're working, doing a lot of work with them or whatever, sometimes it's an objection. The dog's just like, no, <laughs> like testing you. <laughs> no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> no. And, and you know what I mean? So if you, you can try other options and see if that works better for your dog. In my case with Becky, the prong collar worked for her once I knew how to use it properly. Right. And, um, but it's, it was interesting what he had to say about sometimes a dog is like a teenager or a toddler and they're testing their boundary with you. So they're like, no. And so he's like, I've seen like, and he's made reference. And again, I believe the guy because he, he does, he video logs everything to back up, the proof that his form of training works so he said he's worked with dogs who absolutely refused like whatever prong refused gentle leader refused slip lead like would again roll turtle shell he said like roll on their backs and be like (laughs) no and then it takes them like you know a matter of minutes and he has them working on it no problem and again it's about you know figuring out how to communicate with your dog but he talks to them yes that's why Cezal is the dog whisperer. Dog whisperer. Dog whisperer. <laughs> so a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, w- one of the things that he made mention to right at the beginning, and I believe him because, again, he's going through a high volume of questions and calls and stuff like that, is that it's the same questions every time. How do I get my dog to stop? How do I get my dog to stop? Blah, blah, blah. How do I get my dog to stop? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Oh, my dog was doing this. We did this. It was so good. And now they're doing this. How do I get them to stop? It's the same question every time right so you you go back to the basics mm-hmm. you get the slip lead on you get the e you, you get a tool whatever it is that works with your dog and you start back at square one yeah because for whatever like reason, you got off track at some point and yep, sometimes you derail so again like what i'll mention to people and especially talking about the covid the covid bye <laughs> is once you achieve all your training goals with your dog, you're not like, oh, my work's done. Hands free. I've got a trained dog. Yay. Work's over. It's not. Done. Because they there are so many variables in a dog's life, just like there is in between humans. 
if I, it's just think of it as leaving a workplace, uh, going on mat leave for a year or for us close to two years now, you come back to work and you yeah. forget how to do things because you haven't worked it and exercised it and practiced it in a while. That's right. It's the same with zipuches. Zipuch with zipobe. <laughs> That's the word of the day on the show today. We should title it. Bye-bye. <laughs> okay. So um that's what I will say about what would Jeff do? Uh Jeff he do. might he might be a little aggressive for you. I find it entertaining to watch, but at the end of the day, um you have to be knowledgeable, I would say, to get anything out of that. Yes and no. There's some things that he'll just like address and say, but he refer- refers you to the videos that he has done. So absolutely, what would Jeff do? Tune in. What would Jeff do? The right thing. <laughs> yes. Now, the last one that I watch, I found the most interesting out of the three. This chick is cool. And I Ooh. was mentioning to Vero before we started, but didn't get into it because I said, you're going to have to wait until we boop snoops, is that she's um, currently pivoting her business. So where was she from? She was from Hope 2K9. She's based out of California. And uh, what was her name? Oh, my God. I think her name's Cameron. Uh, her name is Cameron. So the Q&As that she did on her show was called Fix It Fridays with Cameron Thompson at Hope 2K9. And it was on her her Facebook page. Um, So this is what I found very, very cool about her. She is the only one in the watching that I've done where she talks about what the human brings to the relationship. In In any relationship in life, I've always found my psychology courses the most interesting i like behavior i like dog behavior I, I like human behavior too some people don't yeah i really do i find it interesting so she talks about what you're bringing to the relationship with a dog that's why right? i like that book that i've been reading so much yes and so it's very interesting and and i can see where my friend who's the dog trainer got some of her influence from and she talks about Oh, it was just so interesting to listen to her talk. So at first when it started, she was kind of like trying to get her tech like sorted out. And I was like, come on, lady, let's get going here. Like, uh, but she's got like a massive company. Like she's done well. Like she has like a, a secretary and assistant who set up the stuff for her and stuff like that. And anyways, she's when I say she's pivoting her business, she is now moving away from the one on one and like personal helping individuals train their dogs. And she is changing her company to help other people build their companies to help individuals train their dogs. So she's helping people out with their Instagram accounts, with their online social media, with their, that kind of stuff. And, and doing like, she's going up the next level, which I find interesting. It's like reaching sort of more people. It's like, yeah. Pyramiding the, the dog training game kind of, but anyways, um, so she taught, she talked about e-callers too. She will not even do uh, one-on-one lessons. She'll she'll do sometimes a little bit of a hybrid lesson, like with with the owner for the e-caller training. But she will only she does the e-caller training, only her with the okay. dog, and then she shows the human how to use it after. And that's sort of what my my friend did with me with Becky. Yeah, I, think I was going to say well because you have a consistent product, you know, you have the dog responding to them. You know exactly how to, uh, cus- uh, like, uh, get them uh, 
accustomed to it. They know from working with thousands of dogs how to look at a dog and how they're reacting, how they're interpreting this communication back and forth. And it is, it's very interesting. All the discussion around e-collars was so interesting because they're like, and uh, some dogs, like, like I said, I mentioned, so the e-collar, everybody is like a TENS machine that you put on the dog. You need to ensure that you have a good fit. So that's one of the first things when people are asking questions, they say, how's the fit? Okay, so Mm -hmm. you need to make sure it's fitting well, it's making proper contact with the skin. And basically, you carry around this dial. And it goes from zero to 100. So what you want to do is like, put it get first of all, get your dog used to wearing it. Once they're totally fine with you putting on the collar and wearing it and stuff like that, then you wait till they're just like sitting there relaxing, maybe having a nap or whatever. And now you start to test when can they start feeling this thing. And like I said, I can't feel it on my skin until it gets till uh, 12 or, or 13. Okay. And even then it's like a little tickle, like just like a tens machine. It is not like a shock collar, a big delivery of energy zapping, yelping, like energy. It's not. So you, you watch them nap and you see, okay, when do they start to feel this? So you're looking for even just like an eye twitch or like a, hmm, like a turn of the head, um, any okay. kind of reaction to it. And that's going to be different going from dog to dog. Yeah. So you, you get a lot of people going like, oh my God, like, like there was one person that was like, my dog, like, am I doing this right? Like, I'm, I, my dog won't react until I'm at 50. And, and Jeff in one of his series said, I had a dog when he's in like full on drive motion. He's like, I, I have to crank it to a hundred every time. And it's not even a wow. yelp or anything for the dog. So again, depending on the dog and depending on what you're doing with the dog at the time, yes, it's going to be very different. Yeah. I have never put mine past 20 with Becky. 20 is more wow. than enough for her to be like, yeah, okay, I'm listening. Yep. Sorry, what was that? <laughs> what, what did you want? I'm sitting here looking at you. Look at me. I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> That's how Becky do with the e-collar. Um, but she taught and a huge reason why she, she explained why she did that. And that got into her talking about the human aspect to dog training. She talks about people who come to her and they say, I've tried training. I've been watching your videos and I've been trying things for five months and, uh, and I'm still not getting my dog to do what they do. So at that point, it's time to do some self-reflection. Yeah. How are you doing? What am I doing wrong? What am I doing? And it's not even what I'm, what am I doing wrong? Like, like even with the, you're bringing something to the table too. Right. So like, again, like, it's like you, you, you don't want your dog on the couch, like on the couch to jump up with you on the couch, but at the same time you want to like snuggle with, so you like, depending on what you're trying to get out of your dog might not be on board with what the dog's doing. And so now you're putting your needs before the dogs. And she, she talks about that sort of dynamic. So you need to think about what you're bringing to the table. And the perfect example of this is people who cannot like leave their dogs. And you and I talk about this all the time. Like you say, wouldn't you miss your dog for like three, three weeks? My, my dad came and picked up my dogs and took them to the cottage yesterday. And I was like, Oh my God, my doggies Aww. aren't here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So you th- think about 
like who whose needs are like if you're smothering your dog like literally touching them all the time and always wanting them on your lap and forcing them to come lay with you and stuff like that and you're noticing them being a little reactive it could be that that's not what they want that's not the type of dog they have and that's not their personality (laughs) type right that's why you got to also think about what breed you're going with that's why I got the Weimaraner they're called Velcro dogs I wanted a snuggler yeah what does that say about me maybe I'm emotionally needy (laughs) I'll throw it out there maybe I am (laughs) but anyway so I found that like um a very interesting approach so and I've never thought about that like like and I've never heard people ask that like I've tried everything like what's going wrong and and sometimes and she said and I know my friend who is a dog trainer has said when they watch the relationship between the the human and the animal they say no that they can tell right away i know this isn't gonna work yeah i know this isn't gonna work and it's and it's not the dog that's the problem it's the human the human so you're talking about like sorry i don't want to cut you off no not at all i was done you're talking about like people snuggling and hugging their dogs and like most dogs probably don't like that so this book that I was reading called at the other end of the leash Mm -hmm. um it has pictures in it like in the middle and there's I think there's like six pictures of people like holding their dog like in a hug yeah and you can tell on the dog's face like you can see it on their faces that it's it's like like, no make it stop like yeah like make it stop it's just like all the people that force the dogs into the cute kid like photos and stuff right like look they're best of friends and it's like a toddler with like in a full-on bear hug and the dog's like get me the (laughs) f out of here like you (laughs) get like i can see it in the photo and they think it's cute and like haha look at how cute this is and it's like lady your kid's gonna get bit (laughs) yeah Yeah, glad you got your cute photo, but I uh, hope you don't mind your uh, kid with a scar face because <laughs> she gonna get bit. But it's it's true. But people don't think of that. Like they they uh, it's it's one. It's you get extremes and everywhere in between, right? You get the people that keep keep. You get the people that treat their dogs as objects. So you are part of our life now and we take you for walks and we use you for exercise and you take photos because we, we're the family that has it all and the white picket fence and the perfect dog to go with it. You know what I mean? And then you get the people who are like, need the dog way more than <laughs> the dog needs them. Yeah. And so they, you know, hand feed them and they everything. And then when you have a boundary with them, they're like, what, what the hell are you like? What are you talking about? we eat pizza together on the couch like why isn't that food mine too we eat everything together and you know what I mean like it's and then it's hard to say no yeah it's hard Mm -hmm. to make a boundary when you've never had one to begin with so yeah think about where you sit on that spectrum when you're training your dog think about your boundaries and think about how your dog is responding (laughs) yes you Vero it starts with you (laughs) my puppy you're popping and <laughs> that we would end with that <laughs> yes and that's all for today folks see you next wednesday see you I'll next be wednesday one week closer to, <laughs> to get the 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 the